helping people cope with and overcome life's challenges. This is Life Transformations with Michael Hart, Canadian Certified Counselor and Award-Winning Psychotherapist. Welcome to another episode of the Life Transformation Show. I'm your co-host, Denise Hart, and today we will explore a topic that lies at the heart of our spiritual journey. Do you have a tendency to be fearful? Do you avoid others out of fear of rejection? Do you see God as punitive and harsh? Chances are you may fit the description of what psychologists call the fearful avoidant attachment style. In today's show, we will be examining strategies for those with a fearful avoidant attachment style helping them to embark on the path of rediscovering and strengthening their relationship with God. The title of today's episode is Rediscovering God, Strategies for the Fearful Avoidant. I'm absolutely thrilled to have to be in studio again with psychotherapist Michael Hart to discuss this vital subject. Welcome, Michael. Thank you, Denise. It's such a pleasure to be here again and to engage in yet another very meaningful topic because as we go through this series of the attachment style, it is good for us to keep in mind that we all fit into one of these styles. And if you have missed any of the other shows, then please listen to them on our YouTube channel to see which of the style you fit into. And so today we are dealing with the fearful avoidant and how that person, persons with this attachment style, can deepen their relationship with God. It's a pleasure, Michael. So attachment theory offers this captivating perspective to explore the intricate nature of our faith journey. I think like like unlike any other aspect of psychology, I think it's the one aspect that helps us to see why we relate to God in a certain way and why we might find it hard to be close to God. Many people will say, well, I don't have time to pray or I don't have time to go to church. But the truth is there are psychological barriers to doing so. And in this show, we're going to look at some of those psychological barriers and more importantly, what you can do to overcome them. So we'll be discussing how individuals with a fearful avoidant attachment style can enhance their connection with God, transcending the limitations that this attachment style may impose on their faith. If you are new to our ministry, you can find out more about us at elimcounselingministry.com. So Michael, perhaps you could Start by providing a concise recap of how attachment styles impact one's relationship with God. That's such a good place to start. Individuals with a fearful, avoidant attachment style often have experienced inconsistent or traumatic caregiving in their early years. So they may have encountered parents who were both a source of comfort and fear. And so they have both the good and the bad. And so that's why this attachment style is also called the disorganized attachment style, because they may vacillate between wanting to draw close to God and be fearful of Him at the same time as a result 
of the kind of caregiving they had before where the caregiving provided a source of both comfort and fear. So the attachment style is often characterized by conflict between a desire for closeness and a fear of getting hurt or rejected. And so what we find with these individuals is that they may be uncertain about whether they can trust others or whether they can trust others to meet their emotional needs. So they may have a desire to draw close to others. They want friendships, but at the same time, they're, they're also pulling away from friendships as a, because of fear of getting hurt. And this also impacts on their relationship to God. So they may have a desire to draw close to God, but at the same time, they may fear God as well. So, Michael... Let's uh, go closer into this topic. Uh, We could transition uh, to give a general overview of how the fearful avoidant view God. Yes, let's look at that a little closer. So so the the way a fearful avoidant individual sees God can be influenced by how they were treated by their caregivers. So if they had caregivers who it was hard to trust, to be consistent, to be there for them when they needed help or they, they needed support or they needed love, they may struggle to trust God. And trust in God is a core aspect of our faith journey. But this can be particularly challenging for those with a fearful, avoidant attachment style. So as a result, they may struggle with complete surrender and trust, fearing that it makes them too vulnerable. So their approach to God can be marked by an inner conflict between wanting to trust and fearing the vulnerability that that trust in God brings. So trust in God doesn't come easily for everyone. So can you give an example from scriptures of someone who wanted to trust God but had this inner conflict. Moses is a perfect example of this. So we see Moses drawing near to God in the burning bush, going into God's presence. But we also see that in Exodus chapter 4, when God first called Moses to represent him by going to Pharaoh, that Moses expresses hesitancy and a lack of confidence in his ability to speak eloquently. So he tells God that he is slow to speech and tongue. That's in Exodus 4.10. And in, in response, God reassures Moses of his divine presence and assistance, saying, Now go, I will help you speak, and I will teach you what to say. But despite this reassurance from God, Moses remained ambivalent and fearful about speaking uh on behalf of the Israelites to Pharaoh. He requests the presence and assistance of his brother Aaron as a spokesperson. 
So Moses says to God, please, Lord, send someone else. And so God accommodates Moses by by allowing Aaron to go with him and to be his mouthpiece. So so here we have the ambivalence because he wants to do God's work. He he wants to 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 trust God. But at the same time he's fearful and he's making excuses as to why he cannot trust God. So as you spoke of Moses, it drives home the point to me that our failures or insecurities do not disqualify us from being used by God. That is so true, Denise. So while Moses is often seen as a strong and faithful leader, his life also contains these elements of conflict and inner turmoil. His fear and reluctance to accept his role as a leader of the Israelites, as described in the book of Exodus, could be seen as aligning with some of the aspect of a fearful avoidant attachment style. So we see that his childhood also resembles the childhood that many people with fearful avoidant have. So Moses had trauma in his childhood. We all know the story from Exodus very well, where Pharaoh wanted to kill all the baby boys. And so, uh, Moses' mother tried to hide him, and she came up with this scheme where she put him in a basket and and pushed the basket, this floating basket, into the river as a way of helping him to avoid being killed by Pharaoh. And it was uncertain as to where this basket with the baby Moses in it would end. But as the story goes in the book of Exodus, uh, Pharaoh's daughter was bathing in the river and the basket came to her. And when she opened it, she saw the baby Moses. But what is interesting, scripture tells us something that's very important. Scripture says that in verse six of chapter two, that she opened it, the basket and saw the baby and he was crying and she felt sorry for him. So baby Moses may have been terrified. He's in this basket. He doesn't know where where he is. He doesn't hear any familiar voice. Maybe he heard the rushing waters of the river and he's afraid. And that's traumatic. And now he is now looking at a woman that he doesn't know, Pharaoh's daughter. And he's separated from his mother and he's in the care of Pharaoh's daughter. And as the story unfolds, we find that his sister developed a scheme where his mother ended up being his, his nurse while he's in Pharaoh's palace. And she, uh, breastfed him until he was old enough to be weaned. And the Bible tells us that when he was old enough, he was given to Pharaoh's daughter. So just think about it. The trauma of this baby being separated from his mother, being given to a a, a, a woman that he's not related to, in a total different culture, and not being around his sister that by that time being weaned, he would have come to know. That can be traumatic. So you know, Michael... We often read the Bible just as a religious text without thinking about what the experiences recorded may have been like for the people mentioned. As you explained Moses' trauma, 
I'm sure many of our listeners can understand how a baby separated from his parents and raised by people of totally different culture could negatively impact the child. So at the beginning of the show, you mentioned that the fearful avoidant has a fear of rejection. Please talk a little bit more about how this fear plays out in their relationship with God. Yes, the, the fearful avoidant lives with a fear of being rejected by God as well. And this is due to their anxiety regarding rejection and abandonment in general. So they project that onto God. They may fear that if they make mistakes or question their faith, God will reject or punish them. And so this fear can lead to a strained relationship with God and may manifest as anxiety in their religious practices. So for example, they may fear that their prayers are not good enough, they, their, their, their faith is insufficient, or their actions are being consistently and constantly scrutinized by a judgmental God. And this anxiety can lead to a sense of spiritual paralysis where they may avoid practices, religious practices, they may avoid religious practices altogether or engage in them with heightened sense of unease and inadequacy. So due to this fearful avoidant nature, they may also be judgmental of others due to the fact that at times their fear may cause them to focus on God's judgment. And so they may be quick to judge others as they may think that others are unworthy of forgiveness and deserving of judgment. So they may see the scriptures as very black and white and don't like the concept of people who do wrong not being punished for their sins. Michael will be right back. You have been listening to the Life Transformation Show where award-winning psychotherapist Michael Hart of Elam Counseling Services has been speaking on the topic, Rediscovering God, Strategies for the Fearful Avoidant. You can find out more about us at elamcounselingministry.com where you can also make a donation to this Christ-centered ministry. Your donations help us to stay on the air and to provide subsidized counseling to those who can't afford it. So what would be a good biblical example of this? That is, someone who was judgmental of others and didn't think that others deserve God's grace and his unconditional love. Jonah is a good example of that. We see in the book of Jonah that Jonah was told that he is to go and warn the Ninevites to repent. And he initially avoided God's call to warn the people. And he fled in the opposite direction. When he's later confronted by God and suffers the consequences for running away from God's call to warn the Ninevites, he was eventually willing to fulfill his mission. But when he warned the Ninevite uh, city and they repented and God forgave them, we read in chapter 4 verse 1 these words, But to Jonah this seemed very wrong, and he became angry. Jonah was angry at the people of, of Nineveh because he believed they were deserving of judgment for their evil practices. And the fact that they repented seemed unfair. 
That is a great example, Michael. So can you now speak briefly about how the fearful avoidant may approach their prayer life? That's a good question because prayer is the means by which we often draw close to God and we feel close to God. So people with the fearful avoidant attachment style uh, often use prayer as a means to seek reassurance from God. So they may ask for signs, they may ask for confirmation or answers to confirm God's presence and love. So in other words, they cannot take the scripture's word uh, to heart that God loves them unconditionally. So they use prayer to ask for signs that could show that they are loved by God. And they may frequently return to God in prayer, especially in times of crisis, to alleviate their anxiety and to gain reassurance. But you can imagine that if their prayers are not answered, they may see themselves as being abandoned by God. They may see it as a sign of rejection. And these people, this attachment style may say, what sin do I have in my life? I must be doing something wrong and God is angry at me. That's why my prayer is not being answered. They will see unanswered prayer as being punishment and rejection by God instead of seeing it as a loving God's foreknowledge that may not be granting them something that they think it's good for them. But he in his infinite wisdom see that they should not have at that time. And another follow-up, Michael, how does their fear influence the kind of Bible passages that they gravitate towards? What we find with the, with the fearful avoidant is that like the anxious avoidant, the fearful avoidant are prone to getting caught up in end-time prophecies. And they, they see end-time prophecies as a way of alleviating their fear and uncertainty about the future. So they are, they are prone to be victims to religious scams where people online will 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 purport to know exact the exact day when Christ is coming and so they gravitate towards these religious uh religious social media sites that speaks of end times speaks of specific days when Christ is coming and this is because of their anxiety they're looking for a way to know for sure when God is coming so that they can be prepared and that they will not be rejected but this is all born out of their fear. So that is so interesting and at the same time very sad, Michael, that their fear drives them to want to know an exact date instead of just trusting in the security of their relationship with Christ. So can you talk a little about how the fearful avoidant would approach their relationship with others in their faith community? I, I touched a little bit of that earlier when I talked about how they may be judgmental of others, but other things we can notice how they relate to their faith community is that the fearful avoidant individual often experience an internal 
tug of war between a desire for intimacy and a fear of getting hurt. And this ambivalence may manifest in how they interact with others in their faith group. So in one breath, they may be desiring closeness and want to be close to individuals in their faith group. But in another way, they're pulling away because of the fear of being hurt. And it's not it's not unusual to find these individuals that they may church hop, they may go from church to church because they may feel hurt or offended uh, very easily. And so they may be fearful of hurt. And so they, they run away before they can be hurt by others. And so they, they may not develop a deep relationship in their faith group because of a fear of being hurt. So, they may also seek reassurance and validation from religious leaders and community members while at the same time rejecting. So leaders should learn to be patient and empathetic and offer consistent support and understanding to these individuals, realizing that they're, they are, they are hurting and that they really desire to be close, but there are psychological factors that are preventing them from doing the very thing that they, that they desire. Those are good suggestions, but let's focus on solutions more closely. What can the fearful avoidant do to improve their spiritual life? I think one of the, the main thing that they can do is to begin to seek an understanding of themselves. In, in Psalm 139 verse 23 and 24, the psalmist says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts and see if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. And this speaks of self-reflection. So I think the first thing that the fearful avoidant uh, should do is to begin to self-reflect and to understand the reasons why they're acting in in the way that they're acting. And a lot of it, as we have said throughout this show, lies in the attachment theory. So I would encourage people with this attachment style to educate themselves about the attachment theory and the attachment style and learn, learn their attachment style and what are some of the things that they are susceptible to and begin to make an effort to act in the opposite way. So if you know that you're sensitive to feelings of rejection, begin to question whether or not the things that you're interpreting as rejection are really rejection, because sometimes it's not. It's just because of the fear that you have. You see it, uh, you see it in people's actions and you hear it in people's words, but it's not because people are rejecting you. It's because you are fearful. And you know what about fear? When we fear something, we tend to see it everywhere. Another thing I think is, is helpful to do, Dennis, is for them to do a God-parent comparison. And what this means is that you should look at the the way that you view God. So if you see God as punitive and as unforgiving and as harsh, begin to see whether or not you also see your parental figures with the same characteristics. So make a make a list of the the, the personality traits that your your parental uh, figures in your life had, and and a list of the traits that you are given to God. And what I find when I do this exercise with people 
people who 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 have this style is that a lot of time they are projecting onto God the qualities of their parents. So begin to understand that God is not the same as your parental figure. And just because you learned that you could not trust parental figures and that they would abandon you doesn't mean that God will do the same to you. That's a great point, Michael. God is so different from man. So earlier on, you mentioned that these individuals gravitate towards false doctrines. So would you say that studying the word of God would help them to alleviate anxiety? Absolutely, because I think a lot of the anxiety is caused by people taking one verse of the scripture from here and another verse from there and putting them together out of context and making a doctrine out of it. But if you have an understanding of the Bible as a whole, you're going to be less prone to believe in false prophets online. So I would say go online and research the rules of hermeneutics. There's a That's a branch of theology that is how to on how to interpret literally texts, especially the Bible. So there are rules as to how to interpret the Bible. And if you know these rules, you're going to be less anxious when you hear people taking verses out of context. I think another thing the fearful avoidant can do to alleviate their stress is to learn to to accept God's grace and his unconditional love. Remember that if you ask for forgiveness, God forgives. And the Bible said he removes your sin from you as far as the east is from the west. So you don't have to keep holding on to your sins and you don't have to work to gain God's love. He loves you unconditionally. Those are great points again, Michael. A lot of times we become anxious because we are focused on ourselves and our own problems. So if the fearful avoidant begin to help others in their community, they may be less anxious and feel closer to God as a result of that. Yes, the desire of the fearful avoidant is to feel close to God. And you know, in Matthew 25, 40, it says that, I tell you, whatever you do for the least of those brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. That's Jesus speaking. So one way to feel close to God is by doing acts of service. And acts of service and kindness to others have been shown to boost mood and to increase life satisfaction. So helping others provides this sense of purpose and fulfillment as well. Those are all great suggestions, Michael. What are some scriptures? that you think can be helpful to the fearful avoidance. One that comes to mind is in Romans chapter 8, verse 38 and 39, where we read, For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in our Christ Jesus. And then Psalm 34, 4 tells us that I sought the Lord and he heard me and he delivered me from all my fears. Those are such comforting passages, Michael. Isaiah 41, 10 is a favorite of mine. So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. 
That's very powerful. And I like First Peter 5, 7, where it says, cast, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. What I like to do is to place my name in parts of verses. So it reads my name, like Isaiah 43, verse 1. But now this is what the Lord says. He who created you, Denise, he who formed you, Denise, do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. That is so comforting to know that our Lord knows us all by name. That's such a powerful reminder. So thank you so much, Michael, for this insightful discussion on rediscovering God, strategies for the fearful avoidant. Don't miss next week's episode where we'll be covering the topic of how to heal from trauma bonding. Remember, Live Transformation airs every Monday morning at 9.30. If you miss any part of today's show, you can find the episode posted on Elim Counseling Services' YouTube channel. You can find out more about us at elimcounselingministry.com. Please consider making a donation to help our Christ-centered ministry. Until next time, I'm your co-host, Denise Hart. And Michael Hart, praying together that God would bless you in all your relationships and keep you sound in mind and pure in heart.